0: Welcome to the Sacred City Life podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about following Jesus in the everyday rhythms of life. And I don't think it would be a surprise to you to hear me say, I think following Jesus in our society is getting increasingly difficult. And I I am deeply concerned, not only in our own ability To follow Jesus uh, right now, but also in our kids' ability, the the future, right, of our kids. It's going to become increasingly difficult for them to follow Jesus. And what I want to talk about on our podcast today is asking the question in our own life and maybe in the discipleship of those who are discipling and in the life of our kids um, what are we not? seeing? And how is the absence of that impacting our life, affecting our walk with Jesus? What are we not seeing? Okay, here's the idea. The idea is we are, I'm going to say, narratival animals. What does that mean? We are state-shaped By stories. The way we make sense of the world is to understand a story about the world. Where we come from, what are we for, what's the purpose in life, what's the good life, where are we headed? The only reason you can, the only way you can answer those questions, you can't answer those questions scientifically. All of those questions come from some narrative, some story, some way of seeing and understanding the world. And as we make sense of the world around us, our life often takes the shape of some certain script, right? The script of Christianity is creation. We were made by God for God. Fall. We fell into sin and we've been marred by sin and damaged by sin and we're distant, we're broken. Our relationship is broken with God, our relationship is broken with one another, our relationship is broken with the world. Redemption, third step in that movement, we can be reunited to Christ, reunited to the Father, reunited to one another, reunited to the creation through the work of Jesus. And then consummation, that that we can live into God's kingdom and God's kingdom is going to come Finally, on the end day when Jesus Christ sets up his eternal kingdom once and for all and all evils driven out and all righteousness dwells forever with God in the new heavens and the new earth. That's the script that the Christian life is meant to be shaped by. However, there's a lot of different scripts out there, right? There's the nihilistic script that says we came from, you know, accident and chance and therefore our life has no meaning on this earth. So do whatever you want with your life, make your life whatever you want. And because we're going to die and we're not going anywhere and there is no God, there is no judgment after death. Now, that script, that's another script. And uh, there's many, there's literally hundreds, thousands, maybe millions of different scripts out there. The idea is our behavior typically falls into some script. Another way to say that is our behavior typically will reflect some other character in whatever that narrative or whatever that script is that we're believing. Think of it um, like this. Here, here's one example. It's an embarrassing example, actually. Um, in the 90s, I think it was, uh, I was running a construction company. I also had a youth ministry going on the side. And I, in my natural giftings, I was a very dominant guy. I was a very aggressive guy. I had no problem yelling. I had no problem letting my opinion known, being really strong and really upfront and aggressive. Now, at that time, there was some popular reality stars that were coming on the scenes that had that same, um, uh, personality, same character, and also just some, you know, some, narr- some, uh, characters on, sh- on the television that I was watching. I think of house as a guy like that. I think of orange County choppers. If you remember those guys and just the, the way they yelled and fought and they, they were popular, they were quote unquote successful. And yet they just let their personality run wild and they weren't very, uh, humble and they weren't very, um, kind honestly and i kind of i was watching these shows and finding them intriguing and i found that my own behavior i would excuse my own behavior because of that i was like hey this is who i am get with the program i can still be successful i can still do this thing and i was finding my life begin to take the shape of that character that i was watching on on television now i see this in my own kids when my daughters watch you know shows that are on disney they start acting very sassy, they start acting very narcissistic, they start caring a lot about their looks and about their nails and about their clothes and they start treating other people with disdain and start making fun of their looks and making fun of the things that they say. And they start being, you know, they start displaying traits that I don't like and that aren't that aren't godly and that aren't to be desired. Well, why is that? Because we are made in such a way that we reflect that which we gaze at. What gets our attention gets our heart. What gets our heart then kind of gets our will and our behavior. And we don't even know it. We're like a mirror that reflects the images and the characters that we worship, that we put our attention towards, that we think about, that we dwell into. You know, they want to dress like the hero and they wear the hero and that's good. We want to take on some of those traits. But some of our children, they're, they're pulled more towards the Darth Vader. They're t- pulled more towards the darkness and the villain and they start taking on th- those traits and they start wanting to be the narcissist or wanting to be the wild child or wanting to be the rebel or wanting to be the comedian that just finds their worth and cracking jokes all the time and everything's funny and everything can you know nothing serious and they can see through kind of everything. Now, I don't think what I'm just describing is really anything new. Almost every parent sees this and we're afraid of this in some sense this is why we don't want to give our kids um, negative influences, right We want to, we want to keep bad things away from our children. And when I'm you know overseeing the, the, the media diet of my children, I don't want to give them unfiltered access to movies and YouTube and Netflix and, and books because I know that ne- those negative influences will shape their soul in some direction. They'll grow up desiring to define themselves by their sexuality, define themselves by their beauty, define themselves by their outward success, to de- to, to um, not know how to have actually be friends with a person and be humble and kind And righteous, they see everyone else as a competitor, right? Like they're on some kind of uh, like this, like they're on Survivor or something, and everyone out there is trying to get what they've got. Now, so when I look at negative influence, I'm always thinking about language. I'm thinking about sexuality. I'm thinking about the narrative or the content. But here's the thought that kind of popped in my head recently: those are all bad. We want to keep those things away from our children. We we want to do that. But have you ever stopped to think about what is missing in these shows and what we're not seeing or our kids aren't seeing might be having a greater impact upon our souls and our minds and our hearts and our desires and our character than what we actually are seeing. Right? So ask yourself, all of the movies we watch, all of the TV shows we watch, all of the books that we read, all of the music we listen to, all of the news we watch, all of the social media, all of the YouTube, okay? Not just what is in them, but what's missing from them. I'll I'll give you some things that are missing from them. Honorable men. When was the last time you watched a show or heard a song where a man was an honorable man, a virtuous man? A strong man who wasn't weak, wasn't effeminate, wasn't gay, wasn't broken, wasn't, t- wasn't effeminate, wasn't gay, wasn't broken, wasn't... T- How about an honorable woman? How about a virtuous, righteous Woman, how about a woman who loves her children more than her career? How about faithful, hardworking dads? How about mothers who see their home not as a prison, but a place to flourish and love and serve God and their family? Think about that. When was the last time you saw that? You have to go back to like Little House on the Prairie to find that kind of stuff. How about obedient kids? Kids that actually love their parents and obey their parents. Nearly every YouTube video, nearly every television show depicts this reality that that parents and children are constantly at odds with one another. That parents are trying to get the kids to shut up and just listen and just obey so the parents can have peace and quiet and the kids are trying to rule the roost and do what they want because their freedom is found in disobeying their parents and their parents are just... There to to oppress them. But the Bible says, children obey your parents, so it goes well for you. Where are we teaching? Where where are kids seeing other kids that are actually being obedient and actually flourishing in life? How about non weird Christians? You ever read any books about non weird Christians? Has your kid ever seen any show with a non weird Christian or any movie with a non weird Christian? Or is every time a Christian shows up in a show, they're a bigot, they're small-minded, they're foolish, they're hypocritical, they're a failure. How about the joys of normal parenthood and marriage? Just the everyday joys of sitting around a dinner table, having a meal together. The everyday joys of going on a walk together the everyday joys of watching a movie or playing games or going on vacation. Do the books we read, do the movies we watch, do the TV shows we watch, do the music we listen to, do they celebrate everyday normal joys? The joys of family life. Our society is built on the family. does any of our are we feeding our souls and feeding our children's souls with any pictures, any images, any ideas, any um, movies where it just shows the joy of family life? And lastly, of course, what about just the joys of knowing God? Do any of our, does any of our entertainment, any of our art that we're feeding ourselves and feeding our kids show the true joy of knowing God? Listen, this thought is just been bouncing around in my head and I wanted to get it out. Um, We know if we're lacking something, right? If we're lacking vitamin D, we, we're not getting enough sunlight. We have to supplement that. And I think we need to supplement our kids and our own entertainment, art, reading, movies, music. We have to make sure we're putting before them virtue. Okay, we're not just keeping out the bad. We're not just keeping out vice. We're not just blocking off vice from them. But we're supplementing virtue. Virtue. We're giving them books, movies, music, art that promote virtue. Now, what is virtue? Virtue we don't talk about very much. Let's just talk about the four cardinal virtues really quick. Um, The four cardinal virtues are prudence, also known as wisdom, right? The ability to discern the appropriate course of action to be taken in a given situation at the appropriate time. So prudence is about not following your desires. Prudence is about not just trusting your gut, Prudence is about using wisdom, right? Developing wisdom to make wise decisions about life. How many of our shows, books, movies, arts are promoting wisdom? We need to get wise people into the lives of our children, right? Wise characters. Secondly, justice. The ability to to discern between right and wrong and make the wise, right decision. You can talk about fairness. You can talk about the ability to um, have friendship with people, right? To be just, to be right, to be fair with, with people. Um, we're talking here about, thirdly, fortitude, right? The virtue of fortitude or courage, endurance, the ability to, to confront fear, uncertainty, intimidation. Courage is about being afraid and doing the right thing, anyways, doing hard things in the face of uncertainty, in the face of fear. Right? Not being weak, not being a sissy, not being a wimp. We want to promote courage and fortitude in our children. And lastly, temperance, um, self-control, moderation, being of sound mind, um, the opposite of what our president Donald Trump is, right? Being temperate. Having self-control, not saying everything you feel, not doing everything that your desires tell you to do, but having restraint and having self-control. So I want you to think about this. Courage, temperance, prudence, justice, these are cardinal virtues these are core virtues that it, if you don't possess them you cannot flourish in life you cannot build a good society you cannot flourish in our in our world the world that god has made and how do we develop these in our in our children and in ourselves well one of the ways we do it is by hat by seeing people that display those traits and then living into that narrative, living into that character. And it's okay. I saw that person displayed character. I want to be like that. And I'm going to live into that. Right now. One way we can do that is through reading the Bibles, the biblical stories to our kids consistently. Um, Obviously you got the Jesus storybook Bible and you got little stories, but it's important as our kids grow up to go to the real Bible and to give them the unvarnished truth of these Bible stories. Like Samson in the Jesus Storybook Bible is not the full picture of Samson. So Samson does display courage for us, but he also lacks justice, he lacks fortitude, he lacks or I mean, he, he lacks prudence, he lacks temperance, right? And so we need to say like, yeah, be courageous like Samson, but don't be foolish like Samson. Don't give your strength to women. Have self-control over your desires. That's what brought Samson down. And so in Samson, we get a good example. We also get a bad example. So it's important to do that with the biblical characters to teach our children virtue. But it's also important to do that in other areas, in, in other books. And so as parents, I'm asking you, how are you getting virtuous characters into the life of your child into the imagination of your child how are you supplementing the imagination of your child with virtue that's the big question and if you're listening to this how are you supplementing your own imagining the imagination of your child with virtue that's the big question and if you're listening to this how are you supplementing your own imagine you live into some script you can live into some character that you become more virtuous over the long haul Now, one of the ways that I do this is, is honestly through just reading and rereading Lord of the Rings. I find Lord of the Rings does something to me that I can hardly even describe. I find it depicts the real world in a way that a lot of things don't. The hardness of the world, the despair of the world, the brokenness, the, um, impermanence and permanence of the world. So in in Lord of the Rings, you've got kingdoms that are, you're walking through like destroyed old ancient kingdoms. So kingdoms come and kingdom go, and kingdoms go, but the the world kind of goes on. You've kind of got that old sense when you're reading it that guess what? Hey, Rome fell. Guess what? Other nations, other civilizations fell. And guess what? United States might fall soon. And it might, it might like the, you know, we're not destined to live in the United States forever, right? It, it might, kingdoms come and kingdoms go. But what's important is good men doing good in the face of insurmountable evil. And so you've got all these characters that you can relate with. You've got the hobbits that are small and they just look like they can't do anything and and yet they, they end up doing crazy deeds and carrying the ring of power into the fires of Mordor and ultimately destroying it. You've got Aragorn and you've got the elves and you've got... Um, Gandalf, and you've got all these different characters that you want to be like, and they're living. Even though they're they're very diverse, and they're di- very different, and they have different personalities, and they're they have a lot of anger and animosity and brokenness between one another. They learn how to develop a friendship. They learn how to develop a fellowship. You see you know, justice and fairness and prudence and courage. You see all these things. And then you also see the opposite. You see Saruman and Sauron and the orcs and the evil men that give their strength over to evil just to save their soul. And you see this constant battle of good and evil. And when you read that, you want to be good and you want to reject evil. I don't want to be like Saruman. I want to be like Gandalf. And so we see this. um, And so... The beauty of the Lord of the Rings is evil is portrayed as evil and undesirable, right? Even though evil would have a desire for you and evil wants to overtake you. And virtue is hard and difficult and, but valuable. And you, you want to desire it. You want to do the good thing. Now, so many narratives in our, in our world are doing the exact opposite. They make evil and sin look fun and desirable and the good life. And they make virtue seem f- stupid and backwards and undesirable and lame. And I think we need, we need books like Lord of the Rings in our lives and in our kids' lives to shape us towards virtue. Now, another book I just read was a, a work of um, autobiography or biography it was called The Hiding Place of Corrie ten Boom. And how she grew up in Holland and she was um, a Christian and she loved her family and she lived in one one house basically her whole life she never got married she loved her parents she lived in the same house with her father she ran the watch uh, business that her father taught her to run her other, she had one other sister that didn't get married that lived there with her she had a normal life of love of scripture of worship of being in a family of of not defining herself by her desire for sexuality or desire for her husband. And then in the midst of uh, basically the beginning of World War II, she starts, she's in Holland in kind of a neutral place, but Germany takes over and Germany is trying to, you know, extinguish the Jews. And she starts hiding Jews in her house and she starts to become this um, leading general in um, the resistance movement. And she's, you know, hiding all these Jews and resisting and saving the lives of all these Jews. And she's just a strong, faithful, virtuous Christian woman who eventually gets put in a concentration camp and she never gives up her faith and she sees God do all kind of miracles. And eventually she watches her sister die in the concentration camp and her father die in the concentration camp. And yet eventually she gets delivered um, and she gets to start kind of an international speaking ministry. And it's just a, a, a a wonderful picture of a normal everyday christian woman not buying into the cultural culture idea of what a woman should be and do and god takes this normal everyday life and absolutely changes the world with it it's a beautiful picture of virtue of of just of just christian virtue lived out um, in, a, in a woman's life and so i would commend that book to you read that if you haven't read it Give it to your daughters. Have her read it. So, what are some other ways that we can supplement virtue into the life of our children? What are some other books? Indy Wilson is a great um, Christian author that's got a lot of f- Christian fiction that we can give our children that we can dig our teeth into. But that's the the I, this is the idea behind this whole podcast. Not just be looking at our kids and going, okay, you know, what negative content can we prevent them from getting, but what. Positive, virtuous content. Do I need them to see? I need my daughter to see a woman who loves her husband and just lives a normal life, and that's okay. I need my son to see a man who is strong and masculine and humble and not toxic and not effeminate. Where can I get that? Is it in an old? Is it in old books that I need to that I need to bring my? Is it in where the red fern grows and? you know, the, the Laura Ingalls Wilder, those books, is it, where where can I find that? Is it just in the biblical world where it is? I don't know. Ask yourself, where can I find it? And I would like us as Christians to start writing these books, to start making this music, to start creating these stories, to create, when we find them, we share them on the city, we share them on Facebook so that we all can get these positive influences back in the life of our children. So our children can grow up with virtuous examples and virtuous characters that they, they can live into and uh, they can help make our world, they can help push back darkness and make our world a more just, a more virtuous society in the future. So hopefully uh, this was helpful for you guys. Um, I love you. Send me e- any emails to Justin Dean at SacredCityChurch.com. Um, let me know what you're thinking about the podcast. Um, it helps me and encourages me. I love you guys. God bless.